0: Hi, right, this is David Sterry from Real Life. Send me an angel. Send me an angel. And you're listening to the New Wave Music Podcast. Back to "Don't You Forget About Me," the New Wave Music Podcast. This is Steve,
1: and I'm T Bone.
0: Today we're going to be focusing on the artist Johnny Hates Jazz, which I'm sure most, if not all, our listeners will recognize. The song "Shattered Dreams." And now- Also had such other hits as Turn Back the Clock.
2: I wish that I could turn back the car, bring the wheels from time to the star, so
0: and most recently, Magnetized.
1: This is their most recent album. It's called Wide Awake. It came out in 2020. This one has Clark Datchler on vocals, keyboards, and piano, Mike Nacido on bass, drums, and guitar, and now Clark and Mike are original band members, and then we have additional members uh, for this album, Marcus Bonfanti on guitars. David Mundy on guitars and harmonica, Alex Reeves on drums and Phil Thornalley on bass, drums, guitar and keyboards. And Steve, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Phil later, but I did want to mention that the guys in Johnny Hates Jazz have known him for decades and if you weren't aware, Steve, Phil was actually briefly a member of The Cure as well as he wrote the song Torn which later Natalie Imbruglia uh sung. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah, he was only with The the Cure for just a very brief period when uh, uh, the guitarist, at the uh, I can't think of his name at the ver- this moment right here, but he left the band, and uh, Phil joined mm. in, but then he came back. So it, it was uh, just a brief little spot.
0: Very interesting. So T-Bone, when you recommended Johnny Hates Jazz had a new album, I'll be honest, I knew him from their one, maybe two hits. I'm coming into this as the newbie. yeah, Not really the big fan. I was shocked to find out this is only their fourth studio album.
1: That's right. Yeah. It's only their fourth, and it's their first album since 2013's Magnetized. And really, it, it, it's a pretty short album. It's only about 31 minutes long. So it's a very easy listen.
0: Yeah. But is that listen worth worth taking a trip down? Let's, Let's find, find, find out. out. So the album starts out with the track Spirit of Love. Feel
2: this something.
0: From the start, this definitely has the 70s throwback vibe and works so well. What a great, catchy, upbeat song. And it's one that will not only a great way to kick off the album, but it's going to get stuck in your head. You're going to find yourself singing or humming along for this for days.
1: I couldn't agree more. Yeah, this is really a positive song to start the album. Great vocals to welcome back Johnny H. Jazz. And just like you mentioned, as with a number of the other songs on this album, it starts off here with a very delicate 70s kind of funk sound. Uh, the background vocals, though, are what really stood out for me. Um great lyrics i particularly liked what the world is waiting for it's the spirit of love that we need now this is a, a fantastic song oh i
0: agree this is a great upbeat song and spoiler alert from our listeners we're going to be joined later on by from clark from johnny hates jazz and he's going to get into a little bit more why he felt to release this song but i'm glad he did it's a great great song
1: great way to start the album absolutely
0: and then we move into new day ahead This one embraces the sound of the 70s uh, that kind of really sounds like Doctor and the Medic's Spirit in the Sky to me. Or, as Clark points out later on in our interview, it, may, it might be closer to Sweet's uh, Ballroom Blitz. Yeah. This one is, is an album highlight for me. I love how it's a little bit more rock and roll versus the traditional Johnny Hates Jazz vibe. Everything on this song clicks for me. With Clark's vocals and the instruments blend very well.
1: Yeah, uh, this track, you know, just like you mentioned, it does begin with a little bit of a harder guitar edge. And I think it works wonderfully. And then it evolves into a nice solo midway through. You know, uh, with many of the songs on this album, there is a message. But it doesn't overtake the quality of the musicianship and the singing. We've seen some others that were a little too strong on their points. And this one, I think, is just that right level.
0: Yeah, it walks that fine line and does it very well. Right, exactly.
1: So that brings up the third track and one of my favorites, Love the Light.
2: I want to scream, I want to shout.
1: I found this to be a truly beautiful ballad with simple but delightful piano work. The highlight, though, has to be Clark's vocals, which are strong as ever. And this song has some of the best lyrics on the album with some very complex phrasing. Midway through, a soulful harmonica makes its way in. I absolutely love this track. It is just stunningly beautiful.
0: Yeah, and to me, I really like this track. I enjoyed it. On this track, I thought it had that vibe of humor from Roxy Music or Prefab Sprout. It works very well. The backing vocals on this also come in and complement Clark's voice. And one thing I was shocked, as I said, I'm the newbie on this, with how, how many few albums Johnny Hates Jazz have, Clark's vocals sound just like identical to the very first album from Johnny Hates Jazz back in the 80s.
1: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. His vocal range, his overall sound has not faltered. I mean, he really does have a great voice uh, to accompany these songs.
0: then we go to the track, Greater Good. All
2: I want to tell you is...
0: This one opens up with some great use of, great use of synth. I enjoyed how each track on this album, though also doesn't overstay its welcome. They're, To me, perfect length, and they also sound unique enough that each track is different so it doesn't feel like repetitive listening to it. Each track is new and fresh and so far I'm really enjoying this album.
1: Yeah, you know, you might have liked this track just a little bit more than me, and as much as I do like the song, I don't think the chorus itself is all that effective. At times it seems a little simple and obvious. Uh, The rest of it, though, I I thoroughly enjoy, including the infectious beat. Uh, For me, though, it's the bass that holds the song together, so I I, I, I make it initially sound like I don't really like the song. I do like it. I just think it does have a little bit of problems. Uh, it, it's still a, a quality track.
0: In the next track, Wide Awake.
2: There is not much more the world can take. We gotta stay.
0: This one, T-Bone, for me, highlight, the highlight on this is that outstanding bass work throughout the, the track, and that chorus is also a highlight. i got to admit, I, like I said, I've known a little about Johnny Hayes Jazz, but so far this is a great album, not to sound repetitive. Um, one other thing I did also like in, in this track, Wide Awake, was just that subtle use of the saxophone. Mm. It didn't, unlike some other artists we've talked about lately who kind of use it to get to the point where it's overwhelming the song, and this one just complemented it perfectly.
1: Yeah, you know, you and I think a lot alike on these uh uh these reviews, or especially with this one here because, you know, I mentioned the chorus in the previous track and it is just the opposite with this one. Here it thrives. I thought it was perfectly uh, I thought it was perfect for the uh the uh, overall lyrics of the song. It's also accompanied by some really groovy guitars and then yeah, finally that use of sax kind of acts like a punctuation mark for this great song. I really enjoyed it. And that brings us up to the sixth track. Another one of my favorites, free. we have kind of a mid-tempo song that builds, and I really think it's one of the best on the album. It is a great love song, and it includes an amazing variety of sounds and layers. Uh, the synths here are so good, and, vo- and the Clark's vocals are equally convincing in their urgency. I, I absolutely love this track and the way it sounds.
0: On well, this one, I was hooked on from when that tempo changed, occurred, and they hit that chorus. It's a great song, and to me, this is one of the highlights on the album. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And then we move into the song, No Mistakes. It's the only
2: way to learn and grow, to love someone and let them go oh, Maybe
0: I really enjoyed the keyboard work and the lyrics on this track. Clark's vocals are, again, on point not only with this track, but the entire album. Um, I also loved how there was a subtle use of electric guitar that comes in about halfway through this album, just to, again, to highlight or elevate this track.
2: Maybe
1: You know, uh, it begins with a great combination of bass, drums, and guitar. Sadly, though, uh, you know, this is probably my least, I think the least memorable song on the album. A brief guitar solo that you you alluded to in the middle, as well as nice piano where it does close out the song. Um, sadly, though, I, I have to say that it's probably one of the least interesting on an
0: otherwise fine album for me. Then we're going to move on to the track, Don't Stop the Music.
2: Don't stop the music.
0: Again, this this track has a great funk beat to it. With this album, it's just a joy to listen to kind of surprised that usually I'm the one that feels like the albums have stretched out or skippable tracks. So far, this to me, this album does not have a skippable or a filler song.
1: No, I mean, I agree, and I think it, it might have a little bit to do with it being kind of a short album. It doesn't overstay its welcome. But yeah, you're absolutely right. There are some funky keyboards that open up this track, as well as a hint of guitars. Uh, this is how you create a fantastic chorus. And I love the line, don't stop the music. Life is a dance floor, so let's use it. And I just thought that was so appropriate, not only for this song, but really for the whole album as a whole. Could not agree more. Yeah. And so the final track on this album, it only has nine, is My Old
2: Piano. When my...
1: Now, obviously, uh, you know, it talks about the piano and it does have an outstanding piano line uh, followed by uh, when the other instruments kick in. I really enjoy, though, the mashup of that piano and a re- kind of a great grindy synth to go along with it. And, Steve, I-, I really don't think you could find two better songs to close an album.
0: No, I agree. To I me, mean, this is a perfect way to close out the album. It's one of my favorite tracks on the album. You can hear not only the Passion and Clark's vocals throughout this song, but I also love the tempo, the vocals, the lyrics, the music, pretty much everything about this song. Yeah. And I, one other thing I do like is when he's talking about the old piano or playing on my old piano, a couple seconds later, you hear him kind of kind of goes quiet and you hear him playing on a piano. Oh, just yeah. Bring it in to elevate that track.
1: Out. Oh, absolutely. I think that the piano work on it is fantastic and really elevates this track. And it, like I say, it just ends on such a great note, which is something that we don't always see. Uh, with the reviews that we do of other albums, uh, sometimes they work. So other albums, sometimes they haven't worked. And this one, one through nine, really good songs. Despite the fact that I didn't like—I mean, I didn't think some of the songs were the best ever done, but I can't complain.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm not the huge Johnny Hates Jazz fan. I think that would be definitely between the two of us. That would be you. But after this album, I was only familiar with the two songs until this album. After this, I love this album. I went back and picked up their one from 2012 or 2013. Magnetized. Now it's a, such a great album too, and they're just yeah contrast a little bit, but that's not a bad thing. Yeah, no, this. absolutely. I would definitely pick up this album if you're looking for a short upbeat album. And if you really like this, pick up the go back and pick up their 2012 release as well.
1: I believe it's 2013. 2013. Actually, right? Sorry. Magnetized. Yeah. And it is an equally as good album. Um, I've mentioned this before. Uh, I think it's worth repeating, Steve. New wave is a wide umbrella term. Uh, sometimes it includes guitar driven rock or maybe synth oriented dance. And in the case here, really kind of a more adult and mature style new wave doesn't have to accompany or encompass. I should say one form of music
0: could not agree more with you, T bone.
1: So I like this album. Oh, I highly really really recommend like
0: this, album. this album. I really liked it.
1: I think it's clear, especially when I think of Clark that he loves what he does. And I think you've kind of alluded that uh, yeah. I believe in your comments. My right? only
0: negative on this would be just like we talked about in our last episode with the Connells is I wish I knew this album existed sooner. So oh, absolutely. I could enjoy
1: it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Clark's voice still sounds fantastic and all the instruments work perfectly through each song. I definitely give this album a strong recommendation. Those of us in the U.S. probably haven't kept up with Johnny H. Jazz, whereas they have a much stronger following overseas. This album and and Magnetized, as we mentioned before, it are a great way to catch up with that Johnny H. Jazz sound.
0: And to round out this episode, T-Bone and myself had the opportunity to sit down and talk with Clark Datchler from Johnny Hates Jazz. It's a very informative interview. I think you guys will appreciate and learn a lot from it. And we're going to throw it over to T-Bone.
1: Well, yeah, this is T-Bone. And you just heard our review for the newest album from Johnny H. Jazz. And we are thrilled now to have the lead singer of the band, uh, Mr. Clark Datchler, uh, on the line with us. Uh, Clark, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, T-Bone. Good to be here. Well, thank you. Yeah, so I'm going to start things off. We actually had uh, the interview set up for a couple of weeks ago. We did have to delay it. You've been busy. Uh, what What have you, or you and the band, been up to in the past few weeks?
2: Well, lots of different things. Because obviously, we do things as Johnny Hayes Jazz. Then we we do things like most bands. You know, individually, we have our own projects. But but at the moment, um, we uh, we're doing a lot of summer festivals. I mean, of course, this is the first full year. Where we're not um, uh, dealing with lockdown, yeah, and so it, it's just been a joy to be playing live again. That's that's a big thing, and, and we've been working on um, an album called Eighties Classical, which oh. is going to come out later this year. And that's um, us and a few other artists um, who I'm I'm not at liberty to <laughs> announce <laughs> just yet, um, plus um, a wonderful orchestra. Um, who are accompanying us, performing our, our our best known songs, and that's going to be in an album, a collective album, which it sounds absolutely beautiful. We've done um, we've done live performances with this orchestra called 80s Classical, um, and uh, we did one actually just a couple of weeks ago up in Leeds in the UK, and they're really really moving arrangements of of these. Of these well-known songs, so um, that's been something that we've put a lot of energy into, and we're we're looking forward to getting out there.
1: Did I hear you mention that you've also been doing something for maybe a benefit for Ukraine?
2: I'm working on that myself. That's a that's a, a solo thing I'm doing, yeah. Okay. Which again, I'm going to be I'm going to be talking about a little bit more in a, in a few weeks. That's oh. that's kind of in the works. But yeah, but that is something that um, I, I've been, um, putting a lot of time and energy into, and, uh, uh very important, obviously we all want to, we all want to do our part and, and I yeah. found my way to do it. Yeah.
0: Uh, so Clark, you recently had a health, well, not recently, but back in, uh, 2013, you had a kind of a health scare. Everything been good since then?
2: Yeah. Thanks for asking about that, Steve. Yeah. I mean, that was, a. I think you reach a certain point in life and you can't avoid something like that and um for me it was uh it was a strange one because we just released an album called magnetized and it was our kind of our reformation album you know we hadn't been together for over 20 years we came back together made this album worked you know worked like there was no tomorrow to to get this album together and um it came out was doing really well and i and i was diagnosed with a very rare form of cancer and um everything had to come to a halt i fortunately pulled through it um and since then i've been absolutely fine i've been actually in probably better health than i've been for most of my life Uh, and i think probably what happens is that you come through something like that and of course it gives you the measure of the fact that um you know our existence is a finite and we have to look after our bodies you know it, it sounds cliche but it's true and and so i've i've really focused on that and i think it's worked so far i'm glad to hear that thank you
1: so we recently interviewed james stevenson with gene loves and the alarm and i was surprised to discover that quite a while back you briefly were together in a band called hot club with him and uh, bass player glenn matlock of the sex pistols Uh, So I guess it is true, as one uh, critic said, that James Stevenson has been in 72 percent of all bands. Do you ever touch base with him anymore?
2: Um, Only when I see him at festivals and we do now and again bump into each other. I mean, James is a is a great, great musician and a lovely fella. And um, when I think back on, we were a very incongruous kind of mix of musicians Uh, and, and we all got on. Well, the other the fourth member was Calvin Hayes, who was one of the original members of Johnny Hates Jazz with me uh, and Nick Cito, no longer in the band, but yeah, we were an odd mixture, but um, I've seen Glenn more recently, actually, Glenn Matlock. And, and I think in some ways it was indicative in, in, of my taste in music that I should end up in this band of kind of musical misfits in a way, because I don't think really Hot Club knew what it was about. Certainly by the time I became a member I probably made things even more complicated with my taste in music. But I was I had been a big Sex Pistols fan. And and at the same time, I was a I was a fan of all kinds of genres of music. And I think that probably, like I say, muddied the waters a bit. But um, it was a good experience. And um, and like I say, they were all fine musicians, James especially. So when whenever I see him, it's always, a, you know, it's a friendly face and we have a history, which is nice a little
0: bit of a reunion of sorts. Yeah. Clark, I, I have to get this out of the way. I'm sure you've answered you've answered this question a lot, but how did you come up with the name Johnny Hates Jazz?
2: Well, the, the name really has to be attributed to my colleague, Mike, um, because Johnny is his brother-in-law. He's never been a member of the band, um, <laughs> but he is a real person. And um, many, many moons ago, Uh, There was a family gathering, apparently, and someone put on a Dave Brutbeck record, Take Five, and, um, you know, a vinyl record. And uh, Johnny uh, walked over to the record player, tore the record off the machine and broke it in two over his knee. And (laughs) someone someone in the room exclaimed, Johnny hates jazz. And, um, and, And Mike remembered this phrase. So when it came time to name the band, he he mentioned this phrase and we all laughed not because anyone hated jazz no one did ever it was more that we knew firstly it was a funny phrase and secondly we immediately thought well that's going to get a rise out of someone yeah when you're when you're young and you know you're you're making music you're in a band you kind of like the idea of pissing someone off. So I think that that uh, that kind of appealed. And so that's where it came about. Johnny, weirdly though, um I don't know about a year ago, maybe a couple of years ago, bought Blue by Miles Davis. So it it, clearly as we all grow and evolve, you know, he's kind of learned (laughs) to embrace his his version of jazz. So I don't think he hates jazz anymore.
1: So you don't think you're going to change the name of the band? Johnny doesn't quite hate jazz anymore. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> we've 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 gone over the various <laughs> permutations of what we could do i think it's too late
0: <laughs> um, so one other thing that with johnny hates jazz is you guys are famous for the song shattered dreams i heard you recorded that song in your parents living room did you have any idea how big that song would be at the time of the, uh, at the time that you wrote it
2: well the only reason that i thought it might be big by the way that room is this room i'm in that very room now oh and the the piano that I wrote it on is over there. You can't see it, but it's, uh, I'm looking (laughs) at it right now, a little upright piano, and still a great sounding piano, actually. I thought that it had a real shot for one particular reason. I had written in this room for years and years and years, you know, as a kid growing up, and uh, my father was a professional jazz musician, very successful. He'd He'd recorded and performed with The Beatles and Ella Fitzgerald and Frank Sinatra and um, Joe Stafford and Jimmy Page and just done an awful lot of stuff. He he knew that for me to get into music was going to be a very, very tough path, so he never gave me false expectations. He would be very, very honest with me in his critiques and his praise. When I was writing Shattered Dreams, he came in to the room and he just said, what is that you're working on? And I said it's called Shattered Dreams. I think it's called Shattered Dreams. And he went quiet and he said, "I think you've written your first hit." For that—that's the first time he ever said that. I think at that moment I thought, "Okay, I—I I really am onto something." And interestingly, most people in the music business after that told me completely the opposite, and and very overtly. You—you've heard these stories from people who. Who were told with their first hits by the music industry that it was gonna bomb. Everyone got those stories, and it was the one track that did completely the opposite. Well, Shattered Dreams was that track for me, and and my dad got it right. Fortunately, Mike and Calvin heard Shattered Dreams and had the same opinion as my dad. But there were m- many people in the business who who thought it was it didn't have a chance in hell. Well, I'm so, glad they were wrong. I'm glad they were wrong but I had to hold on to that really that initial encouragement from my dad which is which is uh, really what made me think it, it was going to do well.
0: That's that's great. So I'm assuming when the, when you wrote the track as a demo you really didn't uh, change a lot of it going back into the studio then kind of held your ground.
2: Yeah, I didn't really have to with with Mike and Calvin because um they were very respectful of the fact that when I made demos they had some kind of vibe about them. You know, uh, demos, are, there's no such thing as demos anymore. You know, people kind of write and record as they go along because, of course, they're doing it all, you know, on, on software these days. Back then, I was demoing on a four-track cassette machine and I put an awful lot of work into them. And they did have this kind of strange, simplistic magic about them. So essentially, the records became an expanded, polished version of of my initial arrangement on the demo uh and so there was never a contention between me and mike and calvin who who were a production team you know i was the i was the singer songwriter they were the production team that's kind of how we we apportioned responsibility and there there was not a um a kind of a delineation of of how we saw things in the sense of a finished record. They they were very respectful in terms of, they, they liked how I approached my arrangements and they just wanted to take them further. So yeah, Shattered Dreams, uh, I, the only thing that didn't exist in Shattered Dreams, if, if you recall, um, there's a bongo solo. <laughs> uh, two <laughs> thirds of the way through. Uh, and I certainly did not include a bongo solo in the original, <laughs> in the original uh, demo. But um, but yeah, beyond that, it was it was as you hear it on the record, pretty much. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, you had a number of solo albums between Turn Back the Clock in '87, and then returning to Johnny Hitch Jazz in 2013 for the album Magnetized that you mentioned. Uh, did it feel good to get back together with bassist Mike Nacido?
2: The thing about um, magnetized was that it, it did feel good because when i left johnny hates jazz we had had a you know number two hit in the u.s we'd before that because the shattered dreams had come out a year later in the u.s than it had in the rest of the world we'd had five international hits pretty much everywhere else and the album Turn back the clock had done incredibly well i left at a very very inopportune moment And uh, it it certainly impacted our friendship. And in the time that I was away, I mean, I spent much more time not in Johnny Hates Jazz um, compared to actually being in Johnny Hates Jazz. Um, I wrote a song on a solo album of mine. The album is called Tomorrow. And the, the song was called The Road Not Taken after the Robert Frost poem of the same name. And it was really about, Um, me considering what my life would have been had I taken a different path and stayed in Johnny Hates Jazz. And interestingly, when I I met with Mike and realized that although we were always going to have this sense of baggage between us that I had left at a time when we were flying high and probably could have achieved much more, there was a willingness on both of our parts to try and put that behind us and and create a new future uh mike wanted to record that song as part of um the magnetized album for the road not taken a path forsaken and though my heart So uh, there was some kind of interesting sense of coming full circle from my solo work to uh, the first Johnny Ace Jazz album of the second phase by including that song, The Road Not Taken. So in some ways, it was it was quite a cathartic process to record that album. And I still in a way magnetized is actually my favorite Johnny hates jazz album. I think it, it's a very, you know, it does reach into turn back the clock in a way, but it's a very mature album as well. And I kind of brought part of my development as a solo artist into it. And it, and it reflected me more of as a, as a more mature individual, um, whilst keeping some kind of spark of Johnny hates jazz in there. I really like that album.
0: Yeah, I do, too. It's a good album. Cool, thanks. But let's discuss uh, your newest album, Wide Awake. Uh, Listening to it, it definitely kind of has a 70s uh, music vibe or feel to it, from the opening track, Spirit of Love, has that subtle funk that you hear in in a lot of the 70s songs, to the song New Day Ahead, has at times kind of a guitar. sounds like it's from doctor and the medics spirit in the sky sky. sky. what were your influences going into this album
2: well um any artist that arises in the 80s is a child of the 60s and 70s so you know i always try and point this out that Our inspirations are rarely our peers from the eighties. I'm not going to turn around and say that my favorite artist was John Parr or Depeche Mode because I wasn't listening to them. I respect them, but I was listening to, you know, Richie Blackmore's Rainbow to Stevie Wonder in the seventies, to the Doobie brothers, to ABBA, to the Sex Pistols, you know, as long as it was a good song, I didn't care. So So for me and Mike, you know, it was really a question of where did we meet musically? We had a lot of common ground musically in terms of what we were inspired by as as kids. And we just felt we, we put so much work into Magnetize that I think we were kind of exhausted from the process. And the fact that the music business had changed so much, it's such a battle these days to get music out into the world. Easy in some ways. But much harder than in other ways, that we thought, you know what, we've got to make this just enjoyable for us. So let's allow ourselves to be inspired by the music we grew up listening to. And that was going to be anything from the Isley brothers to sweet, the glam (laughs) rock band sweet. And that really came about because I'd got I got a bunch of song ideas that mirrored that. And then in the process. We we teamed up with a guy called Phil Thornalley, who is Mike's best friend from childhood and also was the guy who took over from me when I left Johnny Hates Jazz. And Phil has had his own wonderful career in music uh, in his own right. It, it just somehow naturally came together that we we have similar tastes in music. And, and that's a story in and of itself. But we ended up making this album to a degree together. So, it naturally had its own sound. It sounds quite different than a traditional Johnny H jazz album, but was was great fun to make.
1: I can imagine now it was released in twenty twenty uh did you finish it up before the pandemic hit?
2: uh no, we didn't it well, it was supposed to be a ten track album. It ended up being a nine track album because the tenth track we had written with Hamish Stewart from the average white Band. We hadn't quite finished it when. The pandemic hit and lockdown happened it became too complicated to complete it even though of course we're all used to working at a distance from one another these days there was just something about being in the same room together that we needed to we needed to do to complete it so we had to leave that off the album that track still exists and we will get it out there one day because okay. it's a very cool track but what we had to decide was are we going to put it out you know, suddenly we, we had this global pandemic on our hands. None of us knew how it was going to pan out. We were being told, you know, wait, wait until September 2020. Then the next week it was wait until March 2021. That's when, you know, the music business was saying that's when things were going to take off again. Then a week later, oh, no, it's July 2021. You know, it's like it was no one knew what was going on. So me and Mike just thought, you know what? It's a very positive album. It's very socially conscious, as my songs tend to be. But this album is very, very upbeat. And the first single we knew was going to be Spirit of Love, it seemed appropriate for the situation we were in. So we just thought, let's do it. Let's, you know, people are going to be stuck at home. Maybe this is the kind of thing they they need to listen to and they would want to listen to. So we just went with it, for better and for worse. And um I don't really know if it was the right decision or not. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, we just I I think we were right not to wait or else we would have been waiting till 2022. Mm. You know, it's very hard to sit on an album for two years.
0: The album is outstanding. There's several songs that really stood out to me on the new album from Wide Awake.
2: There is not much more the world can take. We gotta stay.
0: Love. Feel
2: this something. Piano when my life lost in sorrow I'm losing say my tomorrow I sit right here at my old piano Ooh, I sit and play my old
0: piano. Yeah. Was there a particular track that you enjoyed recording the most?
2: I think that last autumn we went on tour with Level 42 um, throughout the UK. And when we performed Wide Awake, the song, that song got one of the best reactions of the set. It Really, people absolutely loved it. And I loved singing it, and Mike loved performing it. And I think that I remember when we were recording it, I kept leaning over to Mike saying, I think this is one of the best things we've ever done. I really do. Whether the rest of the world ever agrees with us or not, I don't care. This is this is us now as older guys, and I feel so proud of it. And I still feel that way. Wide Awake is the track for me. Um, as much as there are other songs on there, I really love as well. But when we do that track, it just kind of, it ticks a lot of boxes. So I'm, oh, I'm particularly proud of that one.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. You know, you kind of already talked about this a little bit but uh i found it interesting that phil as you mentioned was he he kind of replaced you as the singer on 1991's tall stories album but yet he contributed a lot to the new album wide awake i i take it there was no hurt feelings from him on you returning
2: no it you know (laughs) that this is the thing about you know how how you imagine things to be in bands when members leave and members take over, and and I think it often is. But I'd known Phil for years before Johnny Hates Jazz was formed. You know, we all came out of um, a very, very famous legendary studio in London called Rack Studios, and um, Phil was chief engineer there and producer. Mike um, was an engineer, became chief engineer there uh, eventually, and I was a, a, an artist and songwriter signed to rack records. So we all knew each other. And when I left Johnny Hayes jazz and Phil took over, it was like, well, for me, it was like, well, that's kind of a natural thing to do. I didn't no problem with that. I was doing my own thing. And then when I rejoined, I mean, Phil was, Phil had left Johnny Haze jazz years before, you know, Johnny Hayes jazz folded after tall stories. So it was, um, there was no kind of weird feeling when we all came together to work, to work on wide awake. I think it was more a sense of what took us so long to do this. And it was real fun. You know, we, we, we have background together. We, we enjoyed the process very much. We had a laugh. It was uh, it was really good. So yeah, not complicated at all.
0: So it looks like concerts have been returning. The industry hopefully seems to be getting back on track. I've seen you do have been doing a lot of, uh, festivals and some and some tours overseas so far this year have you been playing any other new songs besides wide awake and if so has the audience been receptive to
2: those well a lot of the festivals you kind of you know it depends on what the situation is and usually you focus on the songs that people know depending on you know your your Mm -hmm. time allocation. but if it's our own set then you know we'll do spirit of love We'll do New Day Ahead. New Day Ahead goes down very well. That's an environmental song. That's the one you mentioned earlier, which is, you mentioned Spirit in the Sky. For me, that's, this is the one that's inspired by Sweet, the band Sweet, who did, um, Ballroom Blitz back in the seventies, a band that I grew up listening to. Uh, And we do tracks from Magnetized. I mean, Magnetized, uh, the title track, was a a big radio hit in the UK. So um, that's become kind of a normal part of our set. People know that song. There's another song, though, from the Magnetized album, which has become integral to our set, which is a song called Lighthouse. And Lighthouse always takes place before we perform Shattered Dreams. So it's always the penultimate song. And I teach everyone to sing the chant, which is forms the chorus of Lighthouse. Every audience has to outdo the previous audience that has sung this. <laughs> it brings the house down. In actual fact, it often upstages Shattered Dreams. People wow. love. So that has become a firm favorite um, that no matter where we go, we have to do lighthouse. Yeah.
0: Nice. So kind of a follow-up to that. Do you have a personal song or personal favorite song that you enjoy performing live?
2: Do you know what? It kind of changes typically. Uh, it, it depends on the mood I'm in really, but interestingly, I mean, my favorite song from the turn back the clock album was always, I don't want to be a hero, not my favorite re- recording, there's a delineation there, you know, that recording is one thing, the song is another. If I was to sit down at the piano and just play a song, I don't want to be a hero is the one that does it for me because it's an anti-war song. Um I tend to write songs that have a bigger purpose than just the, the normal subject matter of of pop songs. And and I, I really like that one. So I like doing I don't want to be a hero a lot. Um that still that still has a real impact for me. But, you know, interestingly, when I first wrote the song Turn Back the Clock, I was quite young and I was imagining how I would feel when I'm the age that I am now about Mm. life. I had no idea if I was going to. And as I've got older, that song has become more meaningful to me. Mm. And there are times when I perform that song, I get quite emotional with the audience as they've grown older with us. Um, That can be very touching as well. Uh, Because we're all reaching a point where we're, we're looking back on our lives and with appreciation, I think it doesn't mean that our lives have been perfect. No one's lives have been perfect, but there is, there is a sense of, of for all of us, I think at a certain, at a certain age where you just, you look back and, and you think, wow, you know, I've had the honor and the privilege of, of getting this far of living this long because not everyone has. Mm -hmm. And, and that, in and of itself, makes turn back the clock, moving to perform.
0: Any chance we're going to see Johnny hates Jazz uh, do any shows in the U.S.?
2: Yes, I mean absolutely. But I, I, many many people from the U.S. say to me, "Why don't? When are you going to come? You know, when are you going to come play Detroit? When are you going to come play Chicago?" And I always have to say, "You know what? Someone has to ask us. It, it's <laughs> as simple as that. Um, so if someone you know makes the right offer, we'll come." It's not it's not through lack of wanting. And um it might sound like an odd situation, but you gotta remember that we we were around for a relatively short time in the US's sense of us, because we we're around for a longer period of time with the rest of the world. So we tend to t- play live and perform more in the rest of the world. Um it's it's really a question of um a promoter in the states taking that step and saying. I want these guys to come on tour over here and then we'd be there like a shot. So the answer is yes, but the ball is in, is in (laughs) you guys' court. (laughs) Well,
1: we certainly hope somebody does. We would love to see you here in in our area. So Clark, I have the last question. Um, All Music said, Johnny H. Jazz have crafted another thoroughly articulated album that sounds like it came from, that was made in the eighties, but with a wisdom that only comes with time and experience. Now, I completely agree on that. What are your thoughts on that quote?
2: Which album are they referring to? The new one. I'm surprised that they say that it sounds like the 80s because I, I that's not what I thought. But, I, you know, <laughs> that actually is more important what other people think, not what I think, because they're the ones listening. I think that's wonderful. And I think that it, I, I'm glad that they pick up on the fact that, that there's a, a a sense of, to quote them, wisdom there. I think, I think perspective is, is important. And, and, um, you know, it's something that I feel is very important. And I, f- and I have to say, I feel has been lost to a degree in chart music, especially that, you know, we grew up listening to music that had something to say. 60s, 70s and 80s, it was commonplace. It wasn't a big deal. We didn't listen to a song that had a, you know, particular purpose. Let's say it was anti-war. We didn't go, oh, there's an anti-war song. We just we just listened to it, and it was that was normal. You had if you were a songwriter, singer songwriter, you had something to say. Why wouldn't you? And so it's just a natural thing for us to do. I, I don't, I couldn't imagine making an album without such perspectives. But I think I guess as you get older, you you learn how to articulate it differently in a way which is. You know, perhaps a little more balanced, and and I think that's what I've tried to do this time.
0: Well, Clark, I, I want to thank you on behalf of uh, the New Wave Music Podcast for coming on and and join and joining us. We learned a lot. Um, I would highly encourage our listeners to pick up the newest album, Wide Awake, and also go back and pick up the one uh, from twenty thirteen, Magnetized. You've kind of alluded to it, and we've talked about it. That's actually a really great album as well.
2: Thank you very much. I, I'm I'm. I appreciate the time and, and uh, that you've focused on those albums as well. And let me just add also that if anyone is interested, I also do a live stream twice a month called Journey Songs. And that is, you will find that on my own social media channels, which generally Finishing Clock, That's Your Official. So if anyone wants to check those out, uh, I've gone through, I've done like 40 episodes already. So you'll find me going through all the songs that I've written, which include Shattered Dreams and Turn About the Clock and other things that you maybe are not so familiar with, but they're very popular. They're very fun. It's a lot of audience interaction. And if anyone wants to um, jump in on the uh, the ones that are coming up, they're starting again in middle of August. They're a lot of fun, and um, and uh, people get a lot out of them. So journey songs.
1: Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, I have been on the Johnny H. Jazz and your personal website a whole bunch in the past few weeks and uh, watched a number of those episodes. And and they are fantastic. I I also would recommend anybody who's a fan uh, or just wants to, you know, know a little bit more about music to check those out. They are are really
0: great.
2: Thank you, Tiba. Cool. That's great.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely make sure to put those links in our uh, description as well so our audience can find them with ease.
2: Absolutely appreciate that
1: well thanks again we hope you have a great uh, rest of your summer and uh, the best uh, to you and the band and we hope the best for of success for you guys and maybe we will see you down the line
2: yeah i hope so guys take care of yourselves take, take care thanks. Thank, thank you all right bye for now
0: thank you for joining us on this episode i hope you guys enjoyed it we're going to be back on our next episode with reviews from the latest album from the fix and towed the wet sprocket.
1: You know, my wife kind of uh joked at me that we've been pushing things off a little while and and this episode we had pre- we had previewed Johnny H. Jazz quite some time ago. We had also previewed Fix quite some time ago, but some things in life come up and then we had to push things back. But yeah, I think that'll be a really interesting one to hear, Steve.
0: Yeah. So again, uh, if you want to stay up to date on our newest schedule, we do have our tentative fall lineup schedule out on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Really just look for the new wave music podcast. It's That's the probably easiest the
1: easiest way. way to find it. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us.